Welcome, everybody, to our community, our mission. This is Barry Feeker, Executive Director of the Topeka Rescue Mission. Today is Tuesday, March 24th. We've been actually uh, putting these out on Thursdays. Uh, things are moving so fast that we thought we would go ahead today and give an update on what's happening, uh, not only with the mission, but the whole wide world, I guess that's maybe the way we would put it. Um, have Marion Crable here today, who's Director of our Supportive Services. Marion, you were here with us last time. Yeah. Thank you for being here. And of Kim course. Turley, who's Director of Volunteers Events and the mm-hmm. Media. And so we've all been a little busy here recently, haven't no. we? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Yeah. Well, you know, I want to I start out today. Um, I was in a grocery store uh, last week, and um, it was uh, pretty late at night. Normally, you go late at night, there's... Uh, hardly any cars, but this was like, it was like a Saturday, you know, cars were everywhere. And there was this line of people, probably 25 to 30 deep trying to get through the checkout. And I'm going, oh, great. You know, and of course, you know where I'm going, I'm heading for the toilet paper (laughs) aisle and you know how much I found, nothing. And uh, no Kleenex, no nothing uh, was on that aisle. So anyway, I thought I would get some Twinkies while I was there, you know, (laughs) make myself feel better. But as I was going down the the line, uh, there was a woman that stepped out of the line and she said, thank you for the podcast. Uh, it was great, you know. Oh and, I, my. and I looked at her and I go, what? Oh, the podcast. Yes, that's <laughs> right. That thing we do. And she said, it, they really mean a lot to me. So, ma'am, if you're listening out there, uh, you know, my mind was on toilet paper and Twinkies. <laughs> and uh, you really blessed my day. Oh, and so we do awesome. know that uh, there are listeners. Matter of fact, we uh, and Josh is over here on the mix board here. And uh, he's able to actually count how many listeners we have. And I think it's about 20 million right now. Is that right, Josh? Something like that. Oh, maybe a little, little, little more than that. That's right. <laughs> So, but anyway, thank you for joining us today. We have a couple of important updates um, that we wanted to put out here, and, and uh, we uh, that are very, very important updates. One is the tent city issue that you have probably seen on the news. You've been watching that for a while. That operation of removing um, the homeless camps um, from tent city began yesterday morning. Uh, Burlington Northern Santa Fe, Union Pacific Railroads um, had both been working on this. Um, fortunately, we had been working with the homeless and the unsheltered homeless for yeah. quite a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, with uh, different people with the rescue mission and the uh, homeless task force and uh, different entities that have come together have really attempted everything we could to do to help people get into a better situation. Sure. One of the things that we um, are very um, been very concerned about is the health. Mm-hmm. That was before COVID-19. And so it's been a very unhealthy situation without running water, without some of the basic things that they have, even though we brought in some portable restrooms and some hand-washing stations. It's still a very unhealthy environment. And if anybody has been there, you understand how trashed it was. Um, A lot of challenges with people in this unsheltered homeless situation that just don't really know how to do life well. The good news is that some housing vouchers were able to be obtained, and we've been able to get some people in some treatment programs, some people away um, back to family that they um, didn't know that they uh, would take them in again in a different uh, different location, and some coming into the rescue mission, which is very, very full right now. Mm -hmm. There's still some people who are very challenged by this and have a hard time understanding. I would say that uh, many years ago when I worked in mental health, in both the state hospital and Vinegar Foundation, uh, a lot of those folks would have had a place there. Yeah. Uh, but today we don't have those places. Right. And so we have rescue missions, the streets, the jails, and those kind of things. But we have a community that's been very compassionate to try to help. Mm-hmm. And so um, this is what's happening around the country, is trying to find people better places to go. Mm-hmm. So the other subject matter, um, and we'll continue to update people on, on Tent City and the lack thereof one of these days and how that all worked out, is coronavirus. 
And uh, if you haven't heard about that, you um, aren't paying attention to anything. <laughs> so and maybe ignorance is bliss, right? Yes, absolutely. Change the world. Change the world. And uh, many people are told to stay home um, around the world, even here in Kansas, uh, gatherings together have uh, shrunk. Uh, don't go do this. Don't go do that because we want everybody to be safe. However, there's some of us that doesn't apply to. Right. Miriam, talk about that. Well, you know, Barry, it's really, it's really so fascinating because as we hear about stay at home, stay in small groups, here we are coming every single day to a place that is overflowing mm-hmm. with folks that need us. And so it really isn't an option for us to stay home. Anyway, that's how almost 100% of us feel, that it's just not an option. There are people that need us, and we're going to continue to show up. Uh, we're going to continue to be kind and make sure that they have what they need, because that's just what has to happen. What would be the option if we said, you know, we're afraid uh, we might catch something? Uh, what would happen? All of these folks would be out on the street because we'd have to close our doors. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't be fed. They wouldn't have a warm, safe place to be at night. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't be able to take a shower. Um, And for people who are already so vulnerable, so lost in so many ways, and often so very, very broken, their lives would just be pure chaos, as would our community, frankly. Talk about that. If everybody was turned away from the mission, Mm -hmm. if everybody was on the street that doesn't have a place to stay, they would have to find places. And I think that the community would be very negatively impacted Mm -hmm. if that was the case. And I think people would be shocked at the number of people that they see and how desperate things can really get. You know, right now Mm -hmm. we're looking at things being calm. You know, many people are anxious. We're all kind of anxious. Our guests are definitely anxious. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you then ramp that up because they have no safe place to be, I think it would not be a good situation for our community. And, and the health issues, the potentially the spread of the virus oh, uh, sure. could go through the homeless and then affect the community if there wasn't a place for them to be. Absolutely. Are we taking a risk here, Mary? We are. We are. But we're mitigating those risks as much as we possibly can, right? We're using good hand-washing techniques. We're trying to maintain as much distance as possible. We're cleaning more frequently. We've got hand sanitizer everywhere. We're doing everything that we possibly can. And on top of that, we're trusting in the Lord. That mm-hmm. as we are his hands and feet, that he will also protect us right. um, and let us know what we need to do. Uh, this has been a time of discerning. You know that better than anybody. As we try to navigate through waters that we didn't even know were there, let alone having them be chartered. I mean, <laughs> it's, been, it's been an incredible experience. You know, I, one of the things that I, I don't know if I'll ever be able to adequately describe it is the amazing team that Topeka Rescue Mission has. And when I say team, it's staff and volunteers Mm -hmm. and guests who have come together and who have looked at all the scenarios, and we're continuing to do that. We spent hours. I think maybe we're running 18, 19 hours a day right now. (laughs) And uh, so if we nod off here for a little bit, we'll be back (laughs) as soon as possible um, to keep people safe. And that means a lot of changing in the way we do things Mm -hmm. um, because we've never had to face this kind of situation before. Um, The availability um, to help people to get into a better place is shrinking. Mm -hmm. The mission is full. Um, we don't turn people away at this point, Mm -hmm. but we're also, um, having to do different things with health screenings when they come in and what we do and what we don't do. We also are creating, um, spaces for quarantine Mm -hmm. as well as isolation because, and that's a new one for us. Um, (laughs) who would have ever thought, (laughs) who would have ever thought that we do that working strongly with the Shawnee County health department, 
very great people there. Mm -hmm. uh, Linda and, and her team, Dr. Pizzino. I mean, they couldn't ask for better folks. Um, Sharon Meisner, who is our clinic nurse coordinating everything, um, has come in and given us her time. Dr. Doug Iloff, who is our clinical director, mm -hmm. um, working with some other docs here, coming in and advising us and helping us to know what right. to do and what not to do, not to get over-concerned, but not to be under-concerned, right. helping us understand what the facts are, and the whole team of our senior directors and everybody else working together to study this issue, to know how we can be safe. Right. Well, and what's really so amazing, so you've talked about Sharon, who's our mm -hmm. head nurse, mm -hmm. and Dr. Iliff, our medical director, what the what the community really needs to know is they are volunteers. They're, volunteers. They're yeah. not paid staff. And yeah. and Kim is working so hard to try to bring volunteers in and for us to reassure them that they are safe to be mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. yes. And and so to have folks like that willing to come in and walk beside us is great. just such a blessing. Yeah. They are they're a blessing. And great segue to Kim. Kim, <laughs> volunteers. Um we've had some that we've said, um, here's the reality. Uh-huh. Here's some concerns. It's a CDC, KDHE, mm -hmm. um, governor, mm -hmm. everybody talking about the realities, certain ages, certain health things. What have you found out is the volunteer response and what are our needs right now? I, I mean, I've been blown away by the response of volunteers. I've been putting it out in several different ways, whether it be through United Way or be through Facebook or just our own volunteer base and churches responding. And I've been blown away because like we talked about last week, Monday morning, I was had nobody on the volunteer schedule. Next week's still pretty open. This week is pretty much covered, but I some hiccups for tomorrow night's dinner. But people are responding in a way because right now is the time Especially as Christians, you know, a lot of us want to hide and, you know, stay safe. But I feel like other Christians and everyone in the community, too, are stepping up and helping mm -hmm. those in need. Um, it's been really awesome to see. Um, I mean, even, I mean, there's some organizations over there telling, we're advising people that are over 60 um, or have health risks to stay home. But in the same sense, we're not going to turn them away. Mm -hmm. I still have several older um, volunteers that are like, I still want to volunteer. I want to give my time. And I'm like can't tell you no, <laughs> please come on in. So, yeah. I mean, but we, we are so grateful for our volunteers. And I was just talking to Mike Schinkel about it today. And he said, it's been wonderful to see everyone come together. It sure is. And Mike Schinkel is our director of food services. And just to have that ability to have and depend upon people who mm -hmm. are not running the other way. It's, it's yeah. amazing. Um, we, um, um, have made some changes here. And so one of the things that the rescue mission that I've loved over the years I've been here is it's an open door. Um, you can pretty much come late at night. We lock the doors, but during the daytime you can come and go unless there's a big security issue. That's going to change for health issues and our front door will be locked and, uh, there will be a buzzer and, um, a microphone to talk to, to see who's at that front door, ask a few questions before they come in. That's just prudent. Um, our guests will be able to come in a different door, um, that are already kind of past the screening to make sure that they are safe. Our food basket distribution, uh, which is Tuesdays and Thursdays right now, which is going to be increasing, we're confident with people who don't have employment um, that are looking for food, is going to be um, uh, actually a drive-through situation that we're already doing right now. And so um, we have people who are actually directing people away from the distribution center to go to the drive-through. Um, and then um, we also, the community, we're feeding folks in the community with sack lunches and yes. something for breakfast, uh, sack dinners rather, yes. uh, rather than having them come in to avoid the congestion. Mm -hmm. Can we limit our space in the dining room to 10 or less people? No, not we possible. can't do it. <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> but we're trying to minimize 
this um, this contact because again we don't know exactly who comes through the door and we're going to be taking temperatures and right. the whole ten yards. So this is a new one for us, which means more resources needed. Yes, uh, resources for food, resources for personnel, volunteers. Um, we are going to be um, looking for additional staff to be able to come and help us through this season. It'll be temporary staff. Uh, we hope it's very temporary um, until this is an all clear. But we're going to be um, coming out to probably Facebook and different places like that um, and probably speaking more to that. We'll need extra finances to be able to hire these additional, I think, about nine staff is yes, what we're looking at exactly. right now. Plus, we have to make some renovations to the property. We have to put some more showers in uh, for dealing with the quarantine and the isolation areas. And so this is this is not something we planned on at the beginning <laughs> no, of the it's year. Not. It's not. But So if you've been thinking about helping the rescue mission, we would ask you to do that. And, and I'm going to close with an encouraging word here. But before that, if you're interested in helping the rescue mission, you can go to our website at trmonline.org, trmonline.org. Or you can text to give to TRM uh, give to seven seven nine seven seven TRM give to seven seven nine seven seven. That's how you can text to give, or you can send a check into six hundred North Kansas Avenue. And we just uh, so much appreciate um, everybody that is doing what they're doing. I want to close with this, um, and we'll continue to give updates. We might even be more than just every Tuesday, so stay alert to what's happening here because this is very important to you because you're listening. Uh, it's important to the community that we're um, able to communicate to you the, uh, as much as we can. Is that um, there's a saying uh, that I, I heard years ago. It was uh, allegedly uh, penned by a guy named William Borden, who um, came from a very, very wealthy family. And um, he um, found the Lord, and uh, he decided uh, that he was going to serve the Lord in whatever he was going to do. And the Lord called him to go to China. And so he walked away from his fortune. And um, his family said to him, um, you know that if you go do that, you're going to probably not be able to come back and the money that you've been giving away and those kind of things and the thing you're going to do, you'll probably never be a part of the family business again. This is in the late 1800s. And it was found uh, by his mother um, after he'd passed away because he never made it to China. He never made it. But he had these two phrases, no retreat, no regrets. No retreat, no regrets. And I believe that is the spirit by which most of the staff at the rescue mission, the volunteers, and this community are here for those who suffer, those who are vulnerable, those who need us. And so our Lord never retreats and never regrets Mm -hmm. reaching out to us. And so we're going to be here, and we thank you for standing with us as we go in um, to the fire and stay in the fire until the fire is put out. Thank you for joining us on our community, our mission. No retreat, no regrets. God bless you all.